Hello and welcome to the Truth Labyrinth Podcast. I am your host, J.R. Everhart. Some call me minister, others call me pastor, most call me friend. Uh, I need to open today's episode with a a slight apology uh, because I've not been posting a a lot of content lately. Uh, There's been a whole bunch of stuff going on. In the world now, as you know, with the coronavirus pandemic going on, um, and even before that, I had some some major career shifts uh, in my personal life that I needed to get sorted out and uh, on the tracks and and, kind of moving out of the train station there, and now things are starting to settle down for the most part in that part of my life. so my desire is to do, you know, an episode or two a week, or as God uh, inspires me, I am not the kind of podcaster who just throws up content just for the sake of having content. Uh, I typically do not post unless um, I feel uh, the unction of the Holy Spirit, or I feel like God gives me a word. Um, many times it's uh, a a crossroads with someone else in my life that inspires a train of thought that ends up becoming an episode here on my podcast. Um, so just kind of bear with me as we, you know, like I always say, navigate through the twists and the turns and the valleys and the mountaintops of this thing we call life. So on to today's subject, uh, and I know there are a boatload of people talking about this right now <clears throat> because it's you know, on all the 24-hour news networks, 24 hours a day, you know, and that is the global pandemic uh, we have come to know and love as coronavirus. Um, most of us at this stage of the game, let's see, I guess, I guess we're probably into like week two of this just being a national headline and the infant stages of a um, I believe it's I believe it's a 15 day voluntary lockdown uh, that the president has requested um, you know the general public to just stay indoors and all that kind of jazz and everything to just kind of timestamp this this podcast so you'll have some framework uh, for some of the things we're going to talk about today um, if you stumble across this five years from now. <clears throat> Nevertheless. Uh, as I mentioned, there's a, there's a ton of people who are talking about this uh, today. I just want to just kind of share my feelings and my views on um, this whole thing. I have a lot of questions about it that I don't think I'll ever get answers to, and I'm not going to waste a whole lot of time on um, you know uh, whose fault this is. You know, the president I think is laying the responsibility on the Chinese government's shoulders, not Chinese people, but the government, because I think it's there's some pretty clear-cut evidence that um, the Chinese government tried to suppress this at, when it first reared its ugly head in the Wuhan province. Um, I think they were trying to maybe contain it on their own, or maybe they thought they had a cap on it. Who knows? I mean... There's so much about this we'll never know. I've I've heard all the conspiracy theories, everything from this is a plot by the Democrats with the Chinese to crash the U.S. economy and and 
you know, try to sabotage the upcoming election with Trump because they don't feel confident in Joe Biden. Um, I'm not necessarily buying all that. Uh, I've heard the um, international pedophilia bust that is going on and the coronavirus thing is a a cover for that so that they can take down top-ranking political figures, um, national leaders, movie stars, rock stars, uh, all kinds of conspiracies tied in with Jeffrey Epstein having faked his his um, suicide because he was uh, had made a deal with the government and ratted out a whole bunch of people. Same thing with Weinstein. He's pulled into this theory that um, you know he turned over on a bunch of people as well, and that's why he got 23 years instead of 55 years. Man, I, who knows? You know, I mean, sometimes I think this is a whole lot of people who got way too much spare time to kind of connect all these dots. And for all I know, all that's true. You know, (laughs) my point is, how will we ever know what the truth really is if there really is some X-Files government, you know, conspiracy going on here? We will be the last people to ever find out. So why would you even waste your time on that? I think, you know, you got a bunch of people locked down right now with a lot of spare time at home. And this is kind of the result of some of that. Um it's 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 very entertaining for me i'm a bit of a conspiracy theorist myself i rarely rarely ever put any validation whatsoever on the stuff but i just find it funny and entertaining to see what people can come up with uh the reality of where we are is not funny at all you know uh we are facing a um a serious uh virus that is deadly to our beloved senior citizens and to those that are maybe recovering from cancer and have a stunted immune system because of chemo or uh, I have personal friends who struggle with COPD, uh, which is a respiratory issue. Um, You know, for those people, this is a life and death kind of thing because they have no treatment for it. Uh, They did come out today talking about some medications that they use for extreme arthritis and malaria that are already FDA approved that may help those people uh, treat coronavirus uh, when it's really, you know, hammering down on them pretty hard. Uh, There's been pretty consistent uh, evidence come forward that I think we can put some confidence in that uh, healthy people, are not threatened by this uh, outside of a basic run-of-the-mill, heavy-duty flu-type symptoms sort of thing, high fever for a few days, chest congestion, sore throat, um, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, I think I, I think I heard someone say yesterday on the radio that 100% as of right now, and this will probably change tomorrow, so don't call me out on it, and who knows what I heard on the radio was even true because you that's a whole nother episode that we could get into about you know what is true in media or not but what I heard was a hundred percent of the fatality rates that we've had here from coronavirus in the United States um, 
have been with elderly people, people with stunted immune systems, and uh, those with pre-existing respiratory issues and that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of nursing homes, there's been a handful of nursing homes where, like I think in the Seattle area, that there was like 28 people died in one nursing home there. I'm pretty sure, you know, it was that number, 28. Uh, and that's not the only nursing home in the country that kind of had a, you know, a really tough bout with this. I can't even ma- imagine how rampant this thing would run and how quick it would spread inside of a, a lockdown nursing home. I don't know if you realize this or not, um, especially if you're a millennial and you haven't spent any time in a nursing home. Um, my father was in a nursing home two years ago before he passed away and went home to be with the Lord. Um, and they locked down the nursing homes. So when you go to visit a loved one in a nursing home, they got to buzz you in. Uh, and, and that's because many people in a nursing home have dementia. And if you know anything about people who struggle with Alzheimer's or dementia, uh, they like to go walk about, you know? <laughs> I can remember being very entertained while visiting my dad uh, in a nursing home with a guy that looked to be like my age in his, you know, mid to late 40s who was just not all there, and they had an ankle bracelet on him, kind of like someone who had just got out of jail on parole and was on home detainment. Um, so he wouldn't get lost. And he just, every time someone come in and out the door, he had the door staked out, man. He was trying to get out the door like nobody's business. Um, so yeah. So if you got an environment that is locked down like that, and then something like coronavirus comes knocking on the door and gets in there, man, that's, you know, I can't even imagine, you know, what that would be like and how hard that is on the staff too. That's, that's, you know, they're just starting to really talk a lot about, how we need to be, you know, praying very deeply for uh, the medical staff that is taking care of these guys. But, you know, it's hard enough to work in a nursing home as a nurse or an LPN or a CNA and take care of these people when you fall in love with them. And then six months later, um, you know, they pass on to go home with the Lord. That's hard enough. And the burnout rate is insane in that industry because of that. But can you imagine losing 28 people in a two or three day period? I mean, that's, you know, that's heavy duty, you know? So, I mean, this, this is a very serious thing. It's a very, very serious thing. Um, I have my own questions about why we're dealing with things the way we are. I don't, I, it's really tough to understand and justify how serious we are taking this and how lightly we treated things like, you know, swine flu, SARS, H1N1. Either we have really been underreacting in the past, and this is how we should have been reacting all along to, to help contain these things, or we're overreacting now. I'm not making any claims to have any idea which is right, I'm comfortable with the restrictions that are in place right now. Uh, it definitely affects my life and my career. I mean, I work in the music business, you know. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's that's a whole other conversation. There's been thousands and thousands of dollars worth of work that we've already lost, uh, some of which we will never recoup. Um, some of the other stuff we may be able to reschedule for the fall and salvage something out of that. If this thing goes to July and August and you don't hear, you know, Trump or anyone really talking about the entertainment business uh, when they're talking about helping people out, 
although I'm sure that many of us will qualify for the assistance. Um, but he, you know, he's focused more on the airlines and the cruise lines and, you know, the uh, waitresses, waiters, bartenders, service personnel that have been directly affected. Because I think those are people in careers people can most identify with in this crisis because everyone knows someone who works in one of those fields, you know. Uh, when you stop and you think about the entertainment business, the first thing you think about is, Oh, well, you know, those filthy rich rock stars, you know, don't have anything to worry about. You know, they'll ride this out just fine. Um, and that's, we're really kind of, those of us that work behind the scenes are a victim of our own success. Because when we do our jobs correctly as sound engineers, lighting designers, and, you know, uh, event, you know, event production people, when we do our jobs correctly, you don't see us. And you don't know that we're there, you know, and that's how it's supposed to be. Um, so, you know, when you kind of think about, Hey, how is this affecting, you know, the music industry? Uh, many people will think even on a local level, well, yeah, I got a buddy of mine plays in a band, but he has a IT day job. So this isn't the end of the world for them or whatever. But there's many of us who are full time who this is, this is our livelihood. And this is, you know, this is it, uh, for me, thankfully, um, you know, God blessed me, um, with a, a second job that I've moonlighted and kind of done for many years. Um, um, and it just kind of ramped up as this stuff started happening. And I've been able to uh, bring some income into my household and to keep us afloat. And my wife obviously has a great job, makes great money. And she is a, a, a mobile coder, does uh, medical coding from home. So she's not affected by this at this stage of the game anyways. Uh, so we're very blessed and we feel very, very fortunate to be where we at, where we're at. Um, we're still taking a big hit financially from the entertainment business, but you know, we are definitely keep able to tread water and keep our, our, our nose above water and hopefully ride this out over the next 60 or 90 days and uh, get this behind us and get back on track. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's kind of the world of J.R. Everhart and the Everhart family right now. Uh, everyone's healthy in our family. No one has been, no one has tested positive for coronavirus. Um, you know, we're very thankful for that. We haven't lost anyone. We haven't been directly affected by this. Um, and that kind of leads me into, you know, what I really want to talk about, you know, concerning this, because I think a lot of people have an enormous amount of anxiety about this. Um, you know, obviously people are going nuts in the grocery stores and, you know, they're, they're, they're buying stuff like, you know, the zombie apocalypse have just, has just happened or something. I don't even know how to describe it. It's, I don't understand why people need, you know, a pickup truck load of toilet paper, but, you know, hey, man, wh whatever makes you sleep good at night or whatever, you know. Um, we're going to get through this. There's, there's not going to be a food shortage. It's, it's not going to be – there's there's nothing really here long-term that we need to fear in this situation. Uh, I believe uh, the president and um, the vice president's coronavirus uh, task force is doing a great job at, at trying to – unite some of the greatest minds, medical minds that this world has ever known into one team. And they are just doing record breaking historical 
research um, that I think we'll be talking about for many, many decades, you know, ahead. But this is this is not this is not the end, guys. You know, this is not the end of the world. You know, I put a a post up on Facebook a couple of days. I made an intentional effort to stay positive in this because I believe that's what we need to do. Because the rest of Facebook is just so just completely jacked up with. You know, everyone's a coronavirus expert now. You know, everyone, you know, knows better than the doctors that are talking on TV. And, of course, the media doesn't help because they're using the fear factor of this to push their agenda and to get ratings and all that kind of jazz or whatever. And you got doctors on one news network saying one thing and then doctors on another news network saying something completely different. And, you know, um, I think none of them really know because we're kind of in uncharted territory with a lot of this. Um, but there really is absolutely no reason for us to panic. There's absolutely no reason for us to um, to kind of just lose our, our stuff over this. Uh, I, I, like I was just getting ready to say, I posted something on Facebook a few days ago with just some, some nitbit things out of the book of Revelation about end time stuff. Um, a lot of people... A lot of my friends are, it, my, my Facebook profile is very weird because I have, it's predominantly music industry people who are all over the map politically and spiritually. And then a lot of like hometown folk that are, I grew up with and went to school with and, you know, uh, are very much acquainted with, you know, uh, the things I do in ministry and, um, you know, guys that I have worked with over the years and counseled uh, through addiction recovery and all that kind of stuff and everything. So it's an it's a extremely weird dynamic on Facebook. But I never miss an opportunity to be able to share my faith and share where I'm at. And I just shared that, you know, a lot of I heard some a couple circles of people talking about this as a you know, the fourth horseman of disease that has come and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And none of that stuff lines up with what the Bible says, you know, um, there's a series of things that have to happen first. Uh, the antichrist has got to be revealed. The temple in Jerusalem has to be rebuilt. They have to restart old Testament animal sacrifice. Uh, the whole Levitical priesthood will be reestablished. Um, the antichrist will exalt himself in that temple. Um, we'll have a false prophet by his side. We'll be creating, you know, nationally televised miracles and things like that are going to be going on through the Antichrist. Um, all that's got to take place before we get to the four horsemen and, you know, the seals that, that Christ is opening in uh, in Revelation. So I think that kind of set people, it just needed to set people on the right path. Um, I am someone who believes that, that we could, the day is going to come where there will be a pandemic that's going to be very lethal. Uh, it's biblical, you know. It says a fourth of the of the earth will perish because of that. I just absolutely one hundred percent do not believe coronavirus is that. Nor do I believe that it is going to be that. You know, I just it's just not in the cards right now. This feels more. Like the Chinese really just dropped the ball. This thing got out, got out of control. Um, I, and then once the media got a hold of it, it was just so super inflated into being, you know, the sky is falling, the sky is falling kind of thing that, um, 
it turned into what we see now. But it's in times like this we need to look to the to the Bible. You know, we really need to look to God's word for direction and how we should deal with these kind of situations. This is not the first time the planet has had to deal with a pandemic. You know, this is not even like the fourth or fifth time. This is you know, disease has always been a part of the equation uh, with mankind for for many many you know millennial. You know, you go back into Jesus's day, leprosy was was a real threat, dude, and then it was extremely contagious, and people with leprosy were were shunned out of the city and, and kind of forced out to just pretty much isolate and die. Um, of course, then Jesus comes along and receives them, takes them right in, heals them. You know, so that uh, definitely got some people's attention, but. Um, you know, we need to understand some biblical facts. First of all, I've kind of approached this whole thing like, you know, if you're right with Jesus and you're following God, man, and, you know, you're standing in faith, God has every ability to protect you in the midst of the storm. And I'll give you an example of that. An example of that is uh, the 10 plagues of Egypt of the Old Testament. You know, as God's judgment was coming down on Pharaoh and Moses was, you know, pleading for Pharaoh to release his uh, his people, the Jewish people, from Egyptian slavery, um, God's judgment come down in the form of ten plagues. Well, his people were right there in the city when all that was happening, was right there in Egypt when all that was happening. Um, and God was able to protect them in the midst of all that craziness, you know, um, you know, even told them to put blood over the doorway to protect them from their firstborn being, being, uh, you know, uh, killed and all that kind of stuff. That's where Passover came from in the Jewish faith. If you know anything about the Jewish faith, that's where that come from. So if he was able to do that, he's definitely able to protect us in the face of this, because this is, way light duty compared to what the 10 plagues of Egypt was. Um, and then the other thing is too, and I want to go to go to his word and read some stuff to you here real quick. Uh, I know this is already going long, but you know, that's just kind of is what it is. You know, what are you going to do? Um, and I know I'm not the only guy who is um, getting into um, teaching out of Matthew 6 right now. I think it's a pretty... It's a pretty popular passage of Scripture, as it should be, you know, because these are the passages of Scriptures that we go to in times like this. But, um, you know, I'm sending this out to everyone who is, you know, really, really, really struggling. You know, really, you know, having a hard time, you know, with this and you got a lot of fear and anxiety. Let me let me make this statement about fear and anxiety. You know, we have a decision to make every day when we wake up. If we feed fear in our life, we will live a life of fear. We will be afraid. If we wake up every day and feed our faith, we will live a life of faith. And we will have peace that passes all understanding because of that faith. So it's a it's a fear versus faith. Fear is the exact polar opposite of faith. Uh, fear is based out of worry. There's absolutely no faith in worry. And uh, I heard a definition of anxiety being uh, worrying to a point to where it 
it affects your ability to have faith in God. You know, that that was kind of a, a pseudo um, definition of anxiety. Uh, but yeah, in Matthew 6, Jesus kind of talks to us a little bit about how we should walk through our life, not just in times of pandemic, but in times of all the other stuff in life. Because, I mean, here's here's the bottom line, guys. I mean, a whole bunch of us already had our plates full of junk we were trying to sort through before the pandemic. Some of us felt we were already at wit's end between the kids and keeping your marriage straight, keeping your job straight, trying to pay the bills, trying to, you know, you know, just keep up with the, the chores around the house. Already had a full plate. Already was at like warp 9.9 in, you know, the scale of stress. And then this coronavirus pandemic comes along and it just feels like this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Like, Lord, how can I possibly deal with any more than what I'm already dealing with? Now, maybe I'm out of work. Now there's an uncertainty. Now the kids are home 24-7 because schools are shut down. And I can't afford to pay for daycare, you know, and trying to figure that out. And maybe having to stay home from work because the kids are at home. Or, you know, the whole dynamic of family in a situation like this. And I think this passage is will speak to us. So let's, let's just read it. We're in um, Matthew 6. We're going to go uh, 25 through 34. So uh, bear with me here. Therefore, I say to you, again, this is Jesus talking, red letters. Do not worry about your life. Let me just repeat that right out of the gate. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life. There's also a scripture um, that Jesus said, um, be careful with nothing through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We make our needs known to God. Uh, that basically means to just pray a lot and be constantly telling God what your needs are. And uh, he's going to meet those needs. So again, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value of more value than they? I love that 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 line there. Because what he's saying is you're more valuable than creation. We are God's greatest apple of his eye kind of thing, man. You know what I'm saying? We are royal priesthood, you know, adopted into the royal priesthood of, um, of heaven through Christ Jesus. And I think we need to adjust our view of ourselves right there, you know? Are you not of more value than they, is what Jesus is saying? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to a statue? So, what? Why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, 
which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more, much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And I am translating that into, if I had great faith, then I wouldn't be worrying about all these things. Because he lists all these things saying, hey, man, what are you worrying about? God takes care of all creation. You think he's not going to take care of you? Are you not of more value than creation? Well, it's because you have little faith. Finally, therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall I eat? Or what shall I drink? Or what shall I wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. So what he's basically saying is, this is what the world does. This is not how Christians act. Christians have total confidence that God is going to supply their their needs according to his riches and glory. That's Bible. Look it up. Google it. But he's saying those that worry about what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, and what they're going to wear are of the world because they have no revelation of who God is and his goodness and his graciousness and his desire to meet our needs. I believe it's in Psalms that it says he's preparing today to bless you tomorrow. That his blessings are new every morning. See, these are the things we need to be hearing in times like this. But here's the key, guys. It says, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but... Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. That's what I was talking about just a minute ago when I said, when you get up in the morning, instead of turning the news on and feeding your fear, how about taking 10 minutes and just getting quiet and praying to God? Open up your daily devotional that you haven't picked up in six months and read today's devotion. Open the Bible and and read, you know, uh, Psalms 23. Right now, I highly suggest Psalms 91. It's a psalm of protection against disease and pestilence and all kinds of wrath and war. Psalms 91. My wife and I just read that uh, about three days ago. Psalms 91. I don't have any children at home right now. It's just my wife and I. Well, her son... Uh, lives with us. He's almost 18. He's just finishing high school. But we read that psalm. When my kids were were young, I used to read Psalms 91 in my daily prayers over my family every single day. It's It's a prayer of protection. You should be doing that. If you did that, you'd be surprised how it will ignite your faith. And you'll start seeing things the way God sees things. Not the way the world sees things. When you turn the TV on, that's the way the world sees things. They have no hope in anything except themselves. That's why they're so scared. Finally, verse 34, Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And this is why I always make the statement, and I've probably said this in every episode of my podcast, I don't know, maybe, maybe not. But this is why I always say, never let the guilt and the shame of yesterday and the worry of tomorrow rob you of today. Because of what he's saying here. 
Do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Worrying's not changing anything. All it's doing is jacking you up. And if you're a parent with kids in the house, your kids will pick up on that anxiety, pick up on that worry. And you will be discipling your children to handle these kind of situations exactly the way you're handling it right now. When really, you have a great opportunity right now to teach your children that, hey, look, I know the world's going crazy. I know this is scary. But this is where we, where we find our confidence is in God, in Christ Jesus. This is where we, we stand up and we're different from the world that we choose to not live in fear, that we stand on scriptures like God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Those are the things we need to be discipling our children with during these times. Look, I'm not saying that we shouldn't go out here and, and heed the warnings, you know, and live recklessly. I think we should totally heed the warnings. I think there's a really good, solid plan in place right now with social distancing and, and uh, you know, just kind of staying indoors and, and trying to, you know, distance yourself from people, you know, for a while, for a temporary period of time, just to protect those who this disease is fatal to. That's you loving your brother. But you need to be telling your kids, listen, this is where the faith rubber hits the faith road. It's during these times that we show our children that God is enough no matter what the world throws at us. That God is always, always enough. And they're not going to get that message If you're, if you're living a life of fear and defeat, if they overhear you talking to your sister on the phone about, woe is me, what are we going to do? I don't, you know, man, this is horrible. And man, that's, it's a popular conversation right now. I had a conversation, you know, yesterday with someone who's, you know, afraid that they're going to shut down the, the borders of the states and each state will be quarantined in and of itself and just all, and then the grid's going to go down and another guy was talking to a line, talking about all oh, the internet will be the next thing to go down. There's always going to be people who are going to be waving the gloom and doom flag. That just is what it is. Some people are so controlled and lost in that fear and anxiety, they can't see the nose on the end of their face. We serve a God that created this whole world. We are redeemed through Christ Jesus who touched the leper and healed him, who was spitting in people's eyes with mud, making them see, opening deaf ears, healing the lame. And then he sits here and, and, and compares us to nature, saying, look at the birds of the air, the lilies of the of the field, the fish of the sea. They don't sow, nor do they reap, and my Father provides for them. Are you of not more value than that? Do you not at least even believe that God loves you more than the birds and the lilies? And that you're his, his greatest accomplishment? Well, you may struggle to believe that if all you're focused on is the junk on TV and your own failures. And I know you guys hear me talk about this a lot. Because the longer the enemy can keep you focused on your failures, the longer you'll go never understanding or getting any kind of revelation knowledge about the good that God's trying to do in your life. And how it's your responsibility 
to live in that victory so that Christ's glory can shine through you into this dark world around us and you can make disciples of the people around you. Too many Christians are walking through this world just barely hanging on by the skin of their teeth and the modern church is telling them that's cool. You don't hear super churches preaching messages on holiness, on unconditional surrender to Christ Jesus and how we need to be walking a life of obedience. And that during that journey, if we fail and we fall on our face, we go boldly to the throne of grace. We ask for forgiveness. God forgives us. We're covered in the blood of Christ. And we walk away from that conversation victorious. Because if you're sitting there begging God for forgiveness for the same sin over and over and over again, all you're doing is communicating to him that you have no faith that Christ's sacrifice on the cross was enough to cover your sin. How many people's had that? How many people's felt that way? I have. I know there's been times in my life I've done things I was so ashamed of, I couldn't quit asking God to forgive me of it. When really what needed to happen was God forgave me the first time I asked him, but I was still carrying an enormous amount of guilt and shame because I needed to go make an amends to the people that I had hurt during that that process of sin and falling short. Look, guys, all of us struggle. None of us got it together. None of us. If I had to take a poll of everyone who's listening to this podcast who feels like, man, I really just thought I would be further along at this point in my life. Every single person would probably agree with that statement. Like, yeah, I really did think I was would be a little further along than what I am at this point in my life. I got news for you guys. I got really close friend of my, friends of mine that are in their 60s and 70s that I see on a regular basis who still feel that way. And have accomplished great and mighty things in their life and are financially stable and have beautiful families and a home and a, and a healthy marriage and a great relationship with God. And they still feel that way. You know why? Because we live in a world that is not right. We're living in a world that's dictated by sin and controlled by our enemy. And I got news for you guys, and uh, this is a tough pill to swallow. It's not going to get a whole lot better. The closer we get to Christ's return, the more of these kind of things we're going to see. That's not something to be fearful of, because we're more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And those of us that are right with Jesus and are living our lives under his blood and just genuinely trying to get it right day in and day out, regardless of how much we fail, we have nothing to fear. But I'm go- I am going to say this. If you don't know who Jesus is and you don't have a relationship with him and you've never given your life to him, you have a whole lot of things to worry about. Because things are going to get really, really tough during these last days. God is always enough no matter what this world or our enemy throws at us. He just is. It's a fact. There's nothing he can't do. And there's nothing that we can't do through him as long as we're walking in his path 
in a walk dictated by faith and with our minds and our hearts focused on letting God's glory shine through us. We have to love each other and we have to love God. That's the bottom line. And today it's coronavirus. Six months from now, it's probably going to be something else. Next year, it may be something else. But those of us who have our faith in Christ, we have every reason to be excited and to rejoice. Because the day is slowly, slowly coming to where we'll be caught up in the clouds, raptured out of here, and we'll be reunited with our Heavenly Father and our beautiful, glorious Savior. Guys, coronavirus is nothing to fear. Nothing. We are going to make it. We're going to get through this, and we're going to be victorious. I believe our country is going to, is going to jump, jump back on track. Economically, things are going to get better. That sort of thing. But at some point, and I'm not Mr. Gloom and Doom who claims that, you know, the book of Revelation is going to play out tomorrow because I know people who lived their whole life, you know, thinking it was going to happen in their lifetime, and it didn't. Actually, if you go back and study history, in the year 999, on New Year's Eve, to celebrate the year 1000, Christians of that day were so convinced that Christ was coming back, you know, on January 1st, the year 1000, that they were actually climbing trees and they were getting in the top of the trees, believing that if they were closer to the heavens, they would be the first to reach Jesus than the people who were standing on the ground. And guess what, guys? That didn't quite work out that way. That didn't happen. We may tarry another thousand years before we get to the point to where the things we read in Daniel, the things we read in the book of Revelation comes to pass. No one knows. The Bible says no one knows the day or the hour. But it could also happen tomorrow. You don't know. I don't live my life expecting that. I don't live my life around that idea. Like, I try to live my life and my walk with God as if there was no heaven or hell. Because I don't want to go to, you know, somebody's birthday party just because they're giving away, you know, free prizes. I want to go to their birthday party because I'm a genuine friend of theirs and I want to go with them and celebrate their birthday with them and, and, and express my, my love and admiration to who they are. The same way I want to have a genuine, authentic relationship with Christ that is based on my desire to be his friend and my desire to honor the sacrifice that he made for me on the cross, not because of the reward of heaven or the fear of hell. So I don't really give a whole lot of thought to end-time prophecy and that sort of stuff. But you can't help but think about those things when something like coronavirus comes down the pike. For all we know, this is a test run for a biological attack. You know, well, we don't know, you know. But all that stuff does nothing but give roots to fear in our lives if we allow it. 
Again, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Remember the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. Remember that God loves you more than anything else in this universe. So much that he sent his only son to die on a bloody cross as an innocent man so that we can be free. If you understand that and you're living that out in your life, you have no reason to be fearful. If you don't, well then, you do have some reasons to be fearful. And I would encourage you to reach out and just invite God into your life. Invite Christ into your heart. I tell people a lot of times, especially I went through a, a part of my life where I was atheist because I just the church had burnt me so bad that I just I didn't want to have anything to do with God or the devil or anything. So, I mean, I understand that mindset. And I have witnessed to and ministered to uh, many people who claim they didn't believe in God or that they, uh, they were atheist or fill in the blank, whatever. And what I have always told them was just pray for God to reveal himself to you because he will. The Bible says we have not because we ask not. That if you truly seek him, he will open your eyes to his understanding. That it's not his will that any perish, but all come to repentance through Christ Jesus. Those are all scriptures from the Bible. That's how he feels about you. He's not mad at you and, and trying to squish you like an ant because you can't live a life, you know, perfect and free of sin. None of us are living a life perfect and free of sin. We all need the blood of Christ. No better time than now to open your heart and open your mind and just give God a chance. Just pray that simple prayer. Say, Lord, just reveal yourself to me, you know. Reach into my life. If you're really there, I can remember praying this. I was sitting in a, an old country church in West Virginia, you know, holding on to my last little atheist, you know, feelings. And I remember sitting there saying, Lord, if you're real, I need you to open open my eyes. And he did. He did. And I mean, he opened them wide open. And my whole perspective on everything changed. It was like, a complete split in time in my life. There was my life before that event, and then there was my life after. So just pray for God to reveal himself to you. Pray that he sends people across your path that help you understand who Christ is and who he really is, not who the world has told you that he is. He's not the hate monger, you know, that the world tries to make him out to be. Those are all webs of lies that the enemy has sewn into the fabric of our society to keep you from ever thinking that there is one way to God, and that's through Jesus Christ. Notice how no one ever has a problem with what your belief system is unless you mention the name Jesus. They will tolerate anything that you can come up with as a religion until you mention the name Jesus. And then everyone gets their tail feathers ruffled. Everyone gets, you know, all bent out of shape and, 
you know, now we're talking about separation of church and state and all this other stuff and everything else. You don't have any problem with the school system teaching foreign religions to our children, but you got a problem with them mentioning anything about Jesus. Do you ever ask yourself why that is? It's not rocket science. The enemy does not care what you believe in, just as long as it's not Jesus. And he has woven into the fabric of our society this hate Jesus or you know anything Jesus related is your enemy and is non-tolerant of gays or is non-tolerant of you know people living in, in sin and you know all God wants to do is, is throw you into hell and, and, and you know burn you forever. That's not who God is. So I'm just challenging you to to pray during this time. A whole lot of people are praying now that have never prayed before. Because things like coronavirus will rock you to your core. That's my message this week, guys. I pray that this touched your heart. I pray it did something for you. Um, please subscribe to this podcast. Please share it with your friends. Uh, come back. Listen to some of the other episodes. Um, let this message of confidence through Christ Jesus really resound in your soul today. All right, I'm going to pray that you have a great week and a great weekend. In Jesus' name.